us. Today I want to talk to you about the sword of the Spirit enlarging my ground. Well, last week I spoke to you about standing my ground. I spoke to you last week about Jesus conquering for us and then giving us a place beside Him in the heavenly place above all principalities, powers, rulers of darkness. And we should defend that position that God gave us. And because of that, I taught you about the armor of God. But you know, it's not just about defending what Jesus Christ accomplished for us. Christ really wants us to go out and enlarge our territory and take back from the devil everything he has stolen from us. He has stolen our health. He has stolen our wealth. He has stolen our children. He has stolen our peace. He has stolen our joy. He has stolen so many things from us. Well, today if you allow me, say I allow you. If you allow me, I will teach you how to enlarge your ground in the name of Jesus. Everybody shout in. First of all, is it biblical? To enlarge your ground. Well, I want to share with you three portions of scripture very quickly. In Isaiah chapter 54 verse 2 and 3, it says, Enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwelling. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stake for... You shall expand to the right and to the left and your descendants, your children and grandchildren will inherit. Now read with me only the words in yellow and the words highlighted in red. Enlarge, stretch out, lengthen, strengthen. You shall expand. Your descendants will inherit. That's good, 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 good news. Very good news. Hallelujah. Listen to this. Daniel 11.32 But the people who know their God not know about their God. The people who know their God. The people who have a relationship with their God. An encounter with their God that lives for their God. The people who know their God shall be strong and listen, carry out great exploits, meaning accomplishments, undertakings, and heroic feats. Hallelujah. In Deuteronomy 1 and 11, may the Lord God of your fathers make you what? A thousand times more be honest with me can you do with a little bit more hallelujah can you do with a lot more can you do with a thousand times more praise god say i'm listening with my heart today so it is biblical that god wants us to enlarge our ground 
In Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 6, 17, listen to what it says. It says, and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Draw your attention to the word Spirit. The sword of God addresses the spirit world. The, the, the sword of God, which is the word of God, the Bible that we have sitting on our shelves, and the spiders are laying eggs, and they're turning to tarantulas. It's that Bible I'm talking about, that book I'm talking about, the word of God. The Bible says the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. It's effective, completely effective in the spiritual realm. You might say, Pastor, I don't live in the spiritual realm. Well, listen to me. Can you eyeball me for a little bit? You better learn to live in the spiritual realm. Because that's where everything happens. The sickness that comes on your body was initiated in the spiritual realm. The financial lack that comes your way happened in the spiritual realm. Your marital problems you go through happened in the spiritual realm. You had better be a Christian who learned to live in the spirit realm. So, watch this again with me. It says, of all the pieces of a God's armor, the helmet, the breastplate, the belt, the shoes, the sword, everybody say sword. The sword is the only piece of the armor that is offensive, invasive, intrusive. It is designed to attack all the other pieces of the armor of God is meant to withstand the attacks of the enemy. But the sword of the Spirit is not to stand back and take L-I-C-K. What does that spell? Dear Lord. Let's say it, let's say it in Spanish. You want to hear it in Spanish? Well, somebody teach me first. Listen. The sword of the Spirit is not meant to stand back and ah, ah, ah. And then the devil leaves and you say, well, praise God, I made it through. No. The sword of the Spirit was made to attack. In other words, before the devil attack, you attack first. Sword. Sword in the Bible refers to spoken Words, And that's why the Bible says the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. In the Bible, sword refers to spoken words. I heard somebody said, Pastor, I don't believe you. Well, thank you. Let me show you. Psalms 57, 4. I am surrounded by fierce men, hotheads, whose teeth are sharp as spears and arrows. Listen now, their tongues are like swords. 
So sword in the Bible often refers to spoken word. The Bible says, by the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. So let me give you another confirmation. Psalm 64, 3 says, they sharpen their tongues like swords and aim their bitter words like arrows. Even though the Bible refer to words as swords, people in general, whether you're Christians or non-Christians, in general, people don't know how powerful words are. Let me say that again. In general, humanity Human beings don't know how powerful words are, especially when the words of your mouth or the word of God hits the spiritual realm. John 6 and verse 63 says, this is from Jesus' lips. It is the Spirit who gives life, the flesh profits nothing. Now listen. The words. Everybody say words. The words that I speak to you are spirit. So it works in the spirit realm where all the demons are. Where all the blackmailing takes place from the kingdom of darkness. Jesus said the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are what? Life. In other words, the word of God has the power to cancel death. The word of God which is life has the power to cancel sickness. The Word of God, which is life, has the power of God to cancel financial lack. The Word of God, which is life, has the power to cancel drug addiction, alcohol addiction, family problems, work problems, and everything else that has been designed from the spiritual realm to make your life miserable. Jesus said, the words that I speak to you are spirit. So scripture, when it is released, goes into the halls of the spirit realm. And it starts to cancel out everything from the enemy and usher in the very life of God. Matthew 12 and 37 says, Your very words. Your very, come on, let me hear you. Those of you that are looking from all over the world that are listening, let me hear you. Your very words will be used as evidence. But hold on. If our words will be used as evidence, then somebody must be taking records. True? If, if our words will be used against us, if it will become evidence, then somebody is taking record. The Bible calls him the accuser of the brethren. The Bible calls him Apollyon. The Bible calls him Abaddon. The Bible calls him Lucifer. 
The Bible calls him Satan. The Bible calls him devil. The Bible calls him the beast. The Bible calls him the evil one. That's who is taking records in the spiritual realm. Your very words will be used as evidence against you. And your words will declare you either innocent or guilty. Words are powerful. I want to show you. Proverbs 18.21 says, Your words are so powerful that they will kill or give life. Watch this. Genesis 31, 32. Say, Pastor, I am really listening now. Genesis 31, 32. With whomever you find your gods, Jacob told Laban, the father of Rachel. With whomever you find your gods, Jacob was about to leave Laban, who he worked for, for almost 20 years. And when they were leaving, Laban's own daughter Rachel thought that her dad was unfair to her. And so when she was leaving, she stole her dad's idol. She put it under the saddle and she sat on it and not even Jacob, her husband, knew about it. And Laban came angrily at Jacob. And Laban said, why did you steal my God? May I suggest something to you? If somebody can steal your God, Baba, you got the wrong God. You understand that? They might be able to steal your bicycle, your tricycle. But if they steal your God, it's time to go shopping. Get one that cannot be lifted and taken away. So, Jacob responded by saying, Whomever you find, with whomever you find your gods, do not let him live. For Jacob did not know Rachel, his wife, had stolen the idol. So Jacob said, whomever you find that idol with, kill him. They deserve to die. Well, fast forward a few months or possibly just about a year. In Genesis 48, 7, listen carefully. For your mother, Rachel, died only after only two children, when I came from Padan Aram, I buried her beside the road to Bethlehem. Jacob left Laban going back home. Mysteriously, or so it seems. Mysteriously, his wife, healthy, young, died. Before reaching back home, the young girl was healthy, just had two babies. Back then, when you're fertile, you have a lot of babies. And so Jacob was, was expecting 
more and more and more kids because his wife was young, his wife was healthy. But all of a sudden, on the way, Rachel dropped dead. Where did it come from? Jacob did not realize that he cursed his wife the curse of death. And when he said that that person shall not live, those words went into the spirit realm. The spirit of death, which is a demon by the way. The spirit of death held on to those words and said at the appropriate time, I'll bring death suddenly. And it was suddenly that the spirit of death stepped in and killed Jacob's wife. You and I today know this story because it is written. Jacob, maybe after he went to heaven, found out that his words killed his wife. Words are powerful. Every time you speak them, they go into the atmosphere. They go into the spirit realm. And spirits from the kingdom of darkness take hold of them and claim them. And they bring them back to you and execute them fairly as you requested. Can I give you another one? You might say to yourself, Well, Pastor, thank God after a while words get old. No, you get old. I get old. I look at some of you right now. You guys look so young and tight. Beautiful. Handsome. Charming. Give you 20 years from now. That's another story, all right. Well, let's move on. Joshua was directed by the Lord to go and defeat Jericho. God's word to Joshua was, when you go in there, you kill everybody except Rahab, and then you burn the city to the ground. And Joshua did that. He went there with him and his men. They conquered Jericho, killed the people, and burnt the land or the buildings and the city to rubble, to the ground. And listen to what Joshua said. Then Joshua declared to anyone who might try to rebuild Jericho. Warning! That when the foundation is laid, the builder's oldest and youngest son will die. Five hundred and sixty years later. Joshua had already died a million times over. Five hundred and sixty years later, Joshua had been long gone. And when the curse was pronounced, Heil was not even yet born. Heil was born five 
130 years later did not hear anything that Joshua said he just decided that land looks like it needs to be rebuilt 560 years later after Joshua said that people will die because of rebuilding this city Heil went there and rebuilt the foundation and the Bible says but when he laid the foundations his oldest son died and when he finally completed it by setting up the gates his youngest son died 560 years the words of Joshua went into the spirit world and the spirit of death latched on to it and said at the opportune time I'll bring death to the man that rebuild this city words are very powerful whether you believe it or not they're powerful are you with me sorry I'm getting a little bit confused here first Kings 16 34 we did that right so if the words of ordinary people say I'm ordinary if the words of ordinary people has power in the spirit realm and catches the attention of spirits in the spiritual realm say I'm listening pastor can you imagine can you even start to imagine the power God's Word carries in the spirit realm the sword of the spirit is the Word of God can you imagine the power of God's Word in the spirit realm well just in case you have a shallow imagination let me awaken it, light it on fire, and pop it in your head. Watch this. Ephesians 6.17, my theme scripture. It says, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. 2 Peter 3.5 says, But they conveniently overlook that from the beginning, from the beginning, the heavens and earth were created by God's Word. The galaxy was spun into its position by the Word of God. The stars were flung into position by the Word of God. The earth was set on its axis by the Word of God. The sun was placed exactly the distance from the earth so it doesn't harm human beings. By the Word of God that was spoken. Hebrews 1.3 says, God sustains the universe. Scientists today, may I Add respectfully, atheistic scientists, ungodly scientists want to tell me that we have to be very careful 
Because if we are not careful, we're going to cause the earth to blow up and meteorites and all kinds of kites are going to hit the earth and we're going to become extinct. I'm here to tell atheistic scientists and I'm here to tell worldly scientists that do not believe in God. It doesn't matter what you say. God sustains this world with His words. Do you think the big bad old devil can do anything about that? Well, let me tell you. If he could have, he would have done it a long time ago. He can't change the word of God. Why do I say that? Because in Psalms 119 verse 89 and 90, listen to what it says. Forever. Everybody shout forever. How long is forever? Por siempre. Forever, O oh Lord, your word is settled in heaven. The word settle means fix. You take a jackhammer and you try to move, it can't move. God has settled his word in heaven. What he says, the entire kingdom of darkness cannot change. They cannot move it forever. His word is settled in heaven. Your faithfulness endures to all generations. You establish the earth and it abides. So with his mouth he created, but also because of the words of his mouth, the world is sustained by the same word of God. You see, the sword of the Spirit is the word of God. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 3 says, the universe was created and beautifully coordinated by the power of God's word. He spoke and the invisible realm gave birth. You speak and the invisible world gives birth. John 1 14. Oh my Lord. You know today when I was preparing this message I cried and I cried and I cried. Never be around me when I cry. It's not a good watch. It's not something you'd like to see. And like I told you before, women can cry and talk. When a man is crying, they can't talk even if they try. A shut off valve happens. And you can either talk or cry, but you can't do two. With a woman now, they'll cry. Oh, yeah, I told you happy. Yeah, but I told you not to. A man can't do that. Okay. Now that I know that you're listening, let me, let me continue. And if there's any man in here that can cry and talk at the same time, brother, you got to teach me how to do it. I've tried all my life. But let's get back on target. That word, that word that spoke into the emptiness of the universe that created the stars, the sun, the moon, the galaxy, all the planets, that created all the angels, that created the earth and all the fishes and the birds and everything else. That word, say pastor I'm listening, that word one day put on flesh 
That word put on flesh. And it came down to this earth. That word put on flesh. And came down to this earth. Listen to John 1.14. And the word became flesh. And it dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father. Full of grace and truth. That word put on flesh. I have a question for you. Why did the word become flesh? That word is all powerful. That word did not need anything from anyone. Why would that word of God put on flesh? So we can learn that God's word has power in the spirit and physical realm when we use it in faith. That word put on flesh. It cloaked itself with flesh. And that word is known to us as Jesus. He came to teach us that the sword of the Spirit, the word of the God of God is all powerful. Say, Pastor, can you prove that you're not lying? Some of you are lying to yourself. I didn't even hear you. John... 11 43 and 44 listen that word that put on flesh one day went to a man that was four days dead you can't get him more dead than that it's not like you just turned off the the, the device in the hospital room and the doctor says well He's just passed. She's just passed. No, this guy was already rotten. Dead. As dead as you can find them. And this word that put on flesh went up to that tomb and listened to what he said with a loud voice. Why a loud voice? Was it for the disciples to hear? Why a loud voice? That voice would enter the halls of the spirit realm and echo and reverberate in the entire spiritual world and whichever spirit held the soul of Lazarus would hear it and they were commanded to release that soul so it went back into the body again in the physical realm with a loud voice Jesus shouted with authority Lazarus hold on dead people don't hear dead people don't feel Dead people can't walk. Dead people can't talk. Dead people can't eat. Dead people can't say nada. So why did Jesus said Lazarus? Come out. His voice, his words went into the spirit realm. Shot like a sword in the heart of the spirit of death. And the spirit of death yielded the soul of Lazarus.
And it jumped back into the body of Lazarus. And Lazarus, who had died four days earlier, slowly hobbled out of the grave. The Word put on flesh to show us, His sons and daughters, that the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, is highly, infinitely effective in the spiritual realms. Are you with me? Mark eleven fourteen, 14. Jesus said... He didn't went to look for a backhoe. He didn't went to look for a machete. He did not go for a weed eater. He did not go for any kind of mechanical device. You see, Jesus was hungry one day. And a fig tree was just before him. And the fig tree was in bloom. Normally when a fig tree is in bloom, it yields fruit. But it had no fruit on it. It's like some Christians. Hallelujah! Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. But there's no fruit of the Spirit. Jesus saw the tree. It should have had fruit and there was no fruit. So Jesus said, he spoke a word to it. He said, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. That's all he did. And he continued on his journey. Mark eleven twenty. Now in the morning, as sure as there's night, there is morning. The Bible says now in the morning as they passed by, they saw, the disciples saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. They remembered Jesus did not use a machete or an axe. Jesus did not use a backhoe. He just said, die. His word shot into the spirit realm. And the spirit that was giving life for that tree handed over to death and the tree died. The word Jesus put on flesh to teach us that the sword of the spirit which is the word of God has infinite power. Mark 4.41 and they fared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be? That even the wind, but hold on, the wind has no air. The wind has no air, but it hear. We have two airs and we don't hear. Creole. Hadis. Wind has no ears, but it hears when Jesus' word hit the spirit realm. And it came back, and the wind was commanded, you be still. Who is this man that even the wind and the waves obey? The sword of the spirit is the word of God. Infinite power. 
Matthew 8, 16. That evening, the people brought many who were demonized. Can you see demons? If you do, run. They're ugly, they're bad, and they like to live in people. That evening, people brought many who were demonized. And by Jesus only speaking a word of healing over them. He did not went to a bush doctor, a warlock, a witch. Did not went for some bush medicine in the bush. He said with a word, be healed, get out. The Bible says they were totally free from their torment and everyone who was sick received their healing. When that word that Jesus spoke went into the spiritual realm, every demon that held these people heard, let my people go. Boom! They had to. Every demon that had sickness on the body of these people heard, heard the word of the Lord and they released their, their sickness from the bodies and took it back. The sword of the Spirit is the word of God. It is effective in the spiritual realm first. In Mark chapter 11 and verse 23, the Word which created the universe, which sustains the universe, that Word put on flesh and came to teach us that the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, has power. In Mark eleven twenty three, for assuredly I say to you, this is Jesus talking here, for assuredly I say to you, whoever says... Says, meaning words, 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 the word of God. Whoever says to this mountain, a mountain in the Bible represents suffering, trouble, attacks, anything from the enemy, obstacles, adversity. Whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt. In other words, if I am commanding demons, I am imagining in the spiritual realm those buggers shaping up and must obey that sickness that came from the kingdom of darkness I am if, if imagining those buggers listening and saying oh boy I can't give them diabetes no more high blood pressure no we got to take it back Whoever says to this mountain, be thou removed, be cast into the sea, and does not doubt. That's how Ingrid got healed. That's how Candy got healed. That's how Juliana got healed. That's how Nasa got healed. That's how many more people got healed. By the word of the Lord, the sword of the Spirit that goes into the kingdom of darkness and starts to slice. It says you do not doubt, but you believe in your heart. That those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Well, I want a fried chicken. I think I'm going to have that. Luke 10, 17. Are you awake or asleep? Thank you, Jesus. When the 70, we're talking about 
ordinary men here now. As a matter of fact, let me take back the word on ordinary. These were men that were fleshly. One day, when Jesus was going into a district, they rejected him. And you know what his disciples said? Shall we call down fire from heaven to kill them? That's the flesh. Jesus said, you don't know what spirit you're of. Well, it was these men. Listen, it was these men. When the 70 disciples returned to Jesus, they were ecstatic with joy. Better than when you go to Sarita's ice cream. They were ecstatic with joy, telling the Lord, even the demons obeyed us. You see, when you speak the word of God in the name of Jesus, it goes into the halls of the spirit world, reverberates, echoes all around, and every demon that has latched itself to people have to loose. Numbers 20 and verse 8. Take the rod, you and your brother Aaron, Gather the congregation together. Watch what the Lord said to Moses. He said, speak to the rock. I know that you and I know that if we ever see anybody speaking to a stone on a rock, we will send them to Rockview. That's where they belong, right? Who in the world would speak to a rock? Let me tell you something. This is not the message today. But even Objects and plants in the spirit world have ears. Everything hears. God was teaching Moses, your words have power. The spirit world hears it. That rock, its nature is not to produce water. But if you believe and you say, I say, that rock will yield water. And Moses spoke to the rock. And there was more than enough water to drink. They actually started to swim. Even the ones that don't know how to swim. How do you like that? Acts 9.40 Peter made them all leave the room. And that's what some of us have to do with our lives. Get the people out of our lives that are contradicting our faith. Get them out of our lives. Because they dampen our spirit. Listen. Peter made them all leave the room. Then he knelt down and he prayed. Well, how do you pray? With words. Amen? He prayed. Turning to the dead body. Turning to the dead body. He said, Tabitha? Well, Tabitha was already dead. She couldn't hear. There's no life in that body. But Peter knew. The power of words. Jesus had taught them. The, the, the word became flesh to teach them. And they learned. And he looked at that dead body and he said, Tabitha, Tabitha, get up. Up, up, up. His words was flung into the spiritual realm. Reverberated all through the halls of the spiritual world. Echoed everywhere. And wherever that soul was in the arms of the spirit of death, Death had to spew back that soul into that body. And the Bible said, she 
opened her eyes and she sat up. The sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. It created the universe. It sustains the universe. It has been given to us to use for the spiritual realm so that we can see manifestations in the earthly realm. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 and 13 says this. The Word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any double-edged sword. It's sharper than the incision knife the doctor used to do C-section. And maybe one day they're going to have D-section. Who knows? The Word of God is sharper than any double-edged sword. Watch this now. Watch this. Passing even to the division of the soul and the spirit. Now, if, if no one has ever told you, let me tell you, you are three in one. Your spirit, your soul, and your body. First of all, the Word of God has to work within the person dividing the soul and the spirit. The spirit that you have will believe God and always believe God. But your soul will doubt. It's full of unbelief. It's full of fear. It's full of maybe. And so that word of God, which is the sword of the Spirit, before it can work in the spiritual world, it has to work in you to separate your unbelieving, lying, hard-hearted soul from your spirit so that your spirit can believe the Word of God. In the spirit realm, there are angels. There are demons. There's God. There's the devil. There's life. There's death. There's sickness. There's healing. There's lack. There's provision. Everything is in the spiritual realm. The sword of the Spirit is what goes and retrieves everything God has for you and God has for me. Listen to Matthew 18 and 18. It says, I tell you the truth from the lips of Jesus. Whatever you forbid on this earth will be forbidden in heaven. And it says, whatever you permit on this earth will be permitted in heaven. As simple as that. The word of God makes the demand. It draws the conclusion. You and I have been given the authority to use it, to speak it in faith. And God says, when you use my word and you speak that word, he says, I sign that thing in heaven and it is done against the will of the kingdom of darkness. Psalms 119, 130 says, the entrance of your word gives light. It's better than B-E-L. BTL will cut you, B, B, T, B, E, L. But even BTL. But anyway, B, E, L. Out of respect for my brother. B, E, L, not B, T, L. B, E, L. Cuts your current and leaves you in darkness without saying a word. 
And then when they say they're going to put it on back, they're still trying to figure out how to get it back. Let me tell you something. The spirit world has two entities. Darkness and light. Darkness is the devil and all his demons. Light is God and all his angels. The Bible says the entrance of your word, the sword of the spirit, the word of God, the entrance of your word gives light. When you speak the word of God, the sword of the spirit, in the spirit realm, it becomes a brilliant, brilliant light that lights up hell. And everything that is in darkness must submit and bow to that glorious light shining, which is the word of God. If there's anything the devil doesn't like, I'm getting ready to close. If there's anything the devil doesn't like, he doesn't like to be exposed. But the word of God, which is light, every time we speak it and we say it in faith, that light like a sword shoots into the kingdom of darkness and leaves the kingdom of darkness desnudo. I know a little stuff, you know. Don't try me. Hosea 6.5 I have slain them by the words of my mouth. And your words are like light that goes forth. It blinds the kingdom of darkness. Your words, when you speak the word of God, it goes forth as brilliant light and blinds the kingdom of darkness and they don't know what to do next. Isaiah 49 2 says, and he has made, can I get my little choir worship team up here please? And he has made my mouth like a sharp sword. Today my prayer for you is that your mouth would become a sharp sword with the word of God. God.